This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. No idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And all the dirty studios made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones, romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. God, that was terrible. So the first thing is that uh, James Cameron, and uh, here's just the thing. I'm going to throw out a lot of quotes that are not exact quotes because I don't remember them and I didn't write them down. But they, <laughs> I'm going to uh, emulate the vibe of the quotes. Hell yeah. So James Cameron was like, listen, man, I do a lot of things. I'm a lot of stuff. And one of the things I am is an artist. And he actually is. He drew a lot of the original concept art for the Navi, wow. and they're really good drawings. Like, he actually, like, this motherfucker can draw. Wow. And he said he pulled on a lot of the stuff that, he, like, when he was a kid, he was capturing critters. Like, yeah. he pulled on, like, a lot of that stuff when he was, like, drawing and, like, getting the original concept art and stuff. He's like, you know when that animal's dying? That I pulled that from real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recorded that myself, actually. It's one of my masterpieces. He did like this uh this little like scene test in like the early days it was in 2001 he did a uh a scene test of this like alien like walking next to this woman to see if he could like get this performance capture yeah. and he was like and this was around the same time when like you know star wars was coming out and stuff and he was like okay i think we can start like working up to this and he said loves that like avatar was like a 12 year journey he wrote the original stuff for it 12 years before right. and the actual the total production of avatar was four years yeah. and all that included various different stages that we'll uh we'll get into but a lot of this a lot of the pre-production was done before anyone actually greenlit the film he just kind of like was doing a lot of kind of test stuff to like because he kind of always knew that they were going to fund this movie yeah so he did a lot of concept art a lot of like pre-viz kind of things beforehand and one of those was getting down this alien race and uh, i do have an exact quote here and he said the problem was they kept drawing aliens that weren't attractive and i really wanted you to want to fuck them <laughs> I want you to look at these aliens and be like, I could stick my dick in that. And the problem was that a lot of these aliens just weren't hot enough. I wasn't getting hard. I knew audiences weren't going to get hard. Is that really what he said? No. Okay. Okay. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. He's, I was like, he's... this sounds exactly like James Cameron. Saying no. this, he's saying all this on the deck of the Titanic. <laughs> he didn't say any of that. But he did say that like the problem that they were having originally was like either they were too human or they were too unattractive. Right. And he wanted them to be... He did say they wanted them to be like attractive enough where people would care. He wanted to give them boobs. Yeah. They had to be hot to an extent. 
This was in his tentacle porn stage. Yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of it was like working on like trying to like make like attractiveness and stuff. Right. And so he took a lot of cat-like features, like the nose was very oh, cat-like shit, and stuff. Is, yeah. And he drew a lot from like different animals and stuff that like had kind of like human-esque features to like yeah. create like this thing. But the thing that was never in question was the blue skin. It was like they always had to be blue because that just felt like the most alien skin color that could still be attractive. Right. He kept going back to this thing about like I want I want to fuck them. You I know what I mean? Fuck them. They gotta be hot. <laughs> if I don't want to fuck them, I don't want it. <laughs> we gotta save them. They're indigenous, but also you know you want to fuck. Yeah. Them. The uh, the banshees, the flying things. Um, the uh, development for those creatures took two years. Jeez. They went through two years of revisions before he finally settled on something, and. The thing was the thing that you, he kept he keeps coming back to throughout this is he doesn't just want it to look cool he needs it to be functional. So every single the bone structure of these animals had to be plausible. Like an a, a creature like this could actually be able to exist in the wild. Wow. And everything in Avatar is grounded in some sort of realism. A lot of the plant life and stuff he's taking like small like things that exist in our world and just scaling them up. And so the entire world of Pandora is theoretically possible. Everything from its gravitational pull, the way the animals evolved, the way the bioluminescence in the plants evolved, all of it is theoretically possible with the way the atmosphere is built, the way the light is hitting the plant life and stuff like that. And he, the way he takes you into this world is actually very intentional. So when the movie starts, you're in like the, like, something that is recognizable to like our day-to-day world. It's a marine base and stuff. And it's like very industrial and things like that. And then you move slowly from that into like nature and then into like the avatar bodies you're going through. And then finally, like the point where you're fully in the alien world, Sam's character is he's holding like this torch. Zoe's character like throws a torch in the water and then the bioluminescence in this like on Pandora like comes to life and stuff. And so he gradually, he brings you through and he introduces you to this world in a way that like people slowly start to understand the alien perspective of this world. And actually the only time alien is used in this movie is when the Navi are referring to the humans. So the humans are supposed to be the ones that are like aliens of this world. But all of the animals have six limbs and they actually like they took footage of like horses running and they reconstructed the bone structure and muscle structure of the animals to make them be able to actually run with six limbs. Wait a so, minute. So even the Navi, they got two legs. No, two the Navi, arms, Navi, yeah. and Navi are full, like, they no. just had, they just had tits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like all the other creatures, like again, they spent so long on all these creatures, and so. Every time that they would give James Cameron a sketch of, like, the animals, he would go back to them and be like, why? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why is the bone here? Why He, like, he puts so much work into these things being, like, realistic animals that could actually function. Why is nailing your phone to the wall? You're on call with your mom. But he's like, can I fuck it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it a fuckable pterodactyl? He's nailing your phone to the wall. He's like, can I fuck your art? <laughs> how weird would that must have been for the actors when he's giving notes on set and he's like yeah you're moving your, your movements don't want me to fuck you yeah like yeah, remember, make yourself more fuckable yeah remember we want to fuck you okay <laughs> see zoe talk about this yeah. and she's like oh and this beautiful sexy goddess and mm-hmm. like she's in love with this character and yeah. how gorgeous she looks. And like, I'm wondering, like, did you know that James Cameron was just jerking off to your mocap? <laughs> I need like... to stay hot at all times. Speaking of staying hot, the casting process for this was pretty intense. Um, so 
any character that was a Navi had to audition in Navi. Oh my god. So if you want to audition, you had to learn the language Jesus. and like actually deliver the audition in the language of Navi. And uh the one of the guys who played like one of the main Navi said that so many people like fucking rage quit because they were being asked to learn another language oh that didn't god, exist dude. in order to audition for these roles. Holy shit. <laughs> And so James Cameron wrote some of the language on his own, and then he brought in this linguist to, like, fully create this language that, like, didn't exist and stuff. And a lot of work went into, like, creating the language. And then this guy was given the script, and originally the stuff in Na'vi was written in English, and he had to create the language and then translate it to the language he made up and then teach the actors how to pronunciate these words in Na'vi. (laughs) Let's just make a movie. <laughs> like, can we just film? Like, are we ever going to, like, turn on a camera? Like, <laughs> it took a while to turn on the camera. So Zoe, she actually got to create the accent because he said, you have the most lines, so you make up the accent. Jeez. And then all the other actors had to learn how to do the accent that she created for the Navi. Oh, yeah, she fucking committed. She's out there wearing a tail in Hawaii. <laughs> and so Sam actually had the easiest job because in... The story, he's being taught Navi. It was okay for him to pronounce it wrong. Yeah. But everyone else had to pronounce uh, this made-up language correctly. Fucking Sam Worthington, <laughs> of course. Fucking so. crawls out of his car and gets the easiest job on set. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's not just that. When they, were recording, when they were recording the score for this, they did some of the like orchestral tracks, like some of the actual music, has a background chorus. And that chorus is sung in Navi. So the singers that recorded the vocals for the uh, orchestral soundtrack had to learn the language and sing the language for the chorus. At this point, this man's a cult leader. (laughs) Yeah, but like, like, honestly, from being a singer, that's not that hard. Because like, growing up, we would have to sing choral stuff in other languages and not know what it was. So when you're singing, like, I I know Latin because I sang so many songs in Latin. Dev sang so many songs in Latin in his... I can speak Gregorian monk right now. (laughs) And you guys would be like, what the fuck is going on? It's because Dev and his homies were raising the dead singing Latin. (laughs) So then... Uh, the pre-production of this movie was absolutely insane. Um, and James Cameron said that the thing that he, the one thing that he wishes that they had honored more in the uh, like uh, award season was the costume design. Yeah. Because here's the thing: every single object in the movie was created in real life first. Oh my god! So despite the fact that the entire Navi were entirely CGI. He wanted it to be realistic, and he needed the CGI artist to have something to work off of. So he hired actual costume designers to create practical costumes and props for every single thing in the entire movie so that the CGI artist had a real-life object to model it after. Well, now we know why it cost $200 fucking <laughs> million. Say, dollars. I was about to say, I want to remind the audience that this was during the greatest recession since the uh, 1930s. <laughs> hey, it was a jobs program. Yeah. <laughs> so they literally, they wove every single oh article of clothing God. that the Navi yeah. wore. And they were speaking Navi while they wove it. <laughs> and all of the, all of the props were 
were built practically based off the rules of the world. So because Pandora has such a high magnetic field, none of the stuff could be built out of metal. So everything had to be either some sort of like wood or polyester or like plastic or something that the Navi could feasibly build in their world. It had to be created out of those objects. What about all those mech units? If Well, but those were like, but the the humans brought those from another planet. Like the Navi wouldn't have built their materials out of that stuff the natives yeah. were right yeah. so every all of the props and costumes had to be stuff that the navi could have feasibly created on their own in the world of pandora so you created a sweatshop <laughs> gotcha okay good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got children weaving weaving costumes that'll never be used for the movie <laughs> yeah none of the none of the no, things built were used in the this actual is a, movie this is a hundred million dollars of our budget you'll never see it <laughs> it were just it was just um uh uh uh, inspiration for the CGI artists to work off of. <laughs> Imagine some Fox exec walks by the stage where they're building all this shit, and he's like, oh, wow, these props are looking great. That's going to look good on camera. And James Cameron's like, oh, they'll never be on camera. Uh, uh, we're not going to actually film these. Oh, don't you worry. Yeah. Don't you worry. And not only that, so he wanted the CGI artists to be able to work off the most realistic references possible. So... All of the costumes, again, were created and worn by actors. He shot scenes of actors dancing with the wardrobe on and actually in wind tunnels. Like if they're flying on the Banshees, Mm. um, he would create like artificial hair and artificial like clothing for them to wear. Again, practical clothing for the wear and put in the wind tunnels and record that footage. So he shot a lot of scenes that were only reference videos for the CGI artists to work off of. Some fucking truck driver out there is listening to this (laughs) right now. It's so angry. Like, God damn it. You're spending all this money on nothing. So he literally shot practical scenes that were only reference videos for the CGI artists to work off of. And by the way, talk about a movie about saving the environment. How many trees did you have to fucking cut down to fucking make this movie that you're never going to use? Imagine the resources that went into this and it's all about a film to save the environment. And then it does not stop there. Do you remember that little anecdote you told us about them going to Hawaii to, like, uh, be in the environment? Yeah. So, here's the thing with that. Here's the full context around that. James was like, these actors are going to be in this volume for, like, a year where they can't see the environment. They don't know what it's like. And I don't feel like I'm going to get a good performance out of them if they're, like, not experienced in this world. So, not only did they go to Hawaii, to Kauai to get the actors used to the environment, he literally shot a lot of the movie practically in Hawaii. Oh, my God. So that this one, the CGI artist could have lighting references and also, like, reference footage, but the actors could experience acting the film practically. And then, so that they could give a better performance virtually when they went back to the volume. Bullshit. I call bullshit. (laughs) I call so much. If you wanted your actors to get a better performance, go shoot that shit in the Congo. All right? Go put them in the fucking Southeast Asia jungle and the fucking triangle of opiates. This was like a literal like fuck you to practical effects. This was like the this was like the death of practical effects. He's like, as a matter of fact, we're gonna shoot practical stuff so that we know how to do our CGI. Yes. Wow. Literally, like there is some shot for shot stuff that was shot in this like again. Again, the Fox exec is in Hawaii. He's like, this is looking great. He's like, oh, we're not actually going to like put this in the cut. This is a <laughs> reference for when we get back to the studio. It's all reference footage. Yeah. 
the dailies are just like reference footage. Wow. And I'm sure like the execs are like, you had to go to Hawaii? Yeah. Out of all yeah. the places, you couldn't have gone to like someplace a little bit cheaper? One of the execs tells the other guys like, oh yeah, James Cameron took the crew to Hawaii to start filming Avatar. And he's like, oh wow, they're going to do some scenes down there? No. No, <laughs> no, no it's for reference footage. <laughs> and um, he made all the actors dress in the actual clothes that their characters would be so wearing. that's why Zoe Zeldana is so running around she, with a tail. She had to, yeah, she had to be dressed as a Navi in the same clothes they put put prosthetics on her and stuff so she would feel more Navi. That's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> but also, if I was like walking through the jungle in Hawaii and I was always always downtown with a, like a loincloth and a tail. I'd yeah. be like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And then, so on top of this, the, a big theme of the movie was you're human, but you're not. You're real, but you're not I want real. you to be human, but you're not human. Yeah. So he hired a movement coach to come in and create all of the movement that the Navi had to do was movement that they created for this movie. It's like choreographed. So, yeah, they took inspiration from like cheetahs and like other animals and stuff and created a specific way that the actors had to walk, move, jump. All of it was like curated. It doesn't exist. It didn't exist before. You couldn't walk like a human, right. but it had to be human enough. Oh my god. And this goes to the way that they did archery. So Every single person in this movie had to actually learn the thing that they're doing. If you're riding a horse, you have to learn how to ride a horse. Right. If you're flying a helicopter, you have to learn how to fly a helicopter. If you're shooting a bow, you have to learn how to shoot a bow. But here's the thing. You got to do it like a human, but you're not a human. Jesus. So you can't do it like a human. You got to do it right, but not like a human would do it. So James, when they learn I quit. I quit, Jimmy. <laughs> when they learned how to shoot a bow, he was like humans shoot bows like this. They're right-handed. But, right. but you're not a human. Well, actually, so Zoe was left-handed. I know, but you, uh, the audience is listening, and you, yeah. I just was explaining the okay, motion yeah. you were doing. Yeah. Well, so uh, Zoe was left-handed, and so she shot a bow left-handed, so everyone else had to be left-handed. Oh, so God. he was like, right. she's the lead Navi, so whatever she does is what everyone else has to do. So she shoots left-handed, so everyone else has to learn how to shoot left-handed. Fucking and impossible. like the professional archer, wasn't he, like, the teacher was like, people don't shoot left-handed. Well, no, because- it it wasn't just left-handed. So again, you're human, but you're not. So that was the way he pulled it back inside, right? When you when you pull a bow back, your fingers face inward towards you. Right. But the Navi have three digits, and he wants them to shoot not like a human. So the Navi shoot with their fingers pointed oh, outward. That's right. So you have to pull the bow back with your fingers pointed outward. And the guy who was teaching the archery, like the professional they brought in to teach the archery, was like you can't shoot a bow like this. Yeah. And big dick swing and James like, Cameron yes, you can. said, yes, you can shoot a bow like this. And he picked up a bow and he shot a bush no, 70 feet not. away, reverse handed like he wanted the actors to do. And he, he nailed the bullseye no, of the bush. He yes, he did. Who is this? Man? He said he trained for days to prove this archer director wrong because he knew that he was going to argue with him. When he's he, an alien. When he he's said, a fucking alien. When he said you can't shoot a bow like this, he wanted to be able to prove him wrong on the spot. Because so. he learned he learned in, in Atlantis at the bottom of the sea. So, like, <laughs> after Titanic, James got co-opted by body-snatching oh alien. And this is really how the aliens do it. And this was all just a big ploy. <laughs> yeah. So he shot the bush 70 feet away, bullseyed it, and then the archer director was like, I guess you can guess shoot a bow can. like this. Yeah. And he was like, can. great. Now teach my actors how to yeah. do this. He's like, Fox also told me that I couldn't make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> big, the biggest dick swigger in guess, Hollywood. I guess the lesson here is when you tell James Cameron no, it means yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I'll bet you his dick is not that yeah. big. <laughs> I don't it sounds know. like there's some overcompensation. It's going probably on. an alien dick. <laughs> so, again, every actor had to learn how to do it like a human, but not a human. You had to learn how to do it right, but not like a human would do it. Wow. So, he was a truck driver. <laughs> the man was a truck driver. So he also hired like professional like uh, dance choreographers to create specific tribal dances specifically for the Navi. So again, it can't be like anything that exists in real life, right. but it also has to be real. Oh so God. that was a whole thing of this. So like uh, every literally everything for this movie was created. Like the culture, the dance, the language, the movement, the faces. Every single face of every Navi on screen is unique. Every yeah. single one. There is no copy and paste for character models. Every single one is uniquely created. That's cool. And not only are they uniquely created with like Navi features, they took the actor's actual like facial features and mixed those with the Navi. Right. And they created a special bone and muscle structure in CGI for every single person. They spent months on every single face to make sure that every single face didn't move exactly the same that they all moved uniquely to to each other good lord <laughs> didn't they they were doing a lot of this production like the cgi and posts and stuff and then didn't they have to be like yeah this is way too much work for our team so we gotta outsource this to yes. like three other companies so wow. this is the thing so they originally they went to weta and yeah. weta had just finished doing lord of the rings and james cameron pitched this on him but he was like full disclosure we don't have funding yet but mm. i think i'm gonna get funding and Weta said no to a bunch of guaranteed projects and waited it out to see wow. if the James Cameron was going to book this because they wanted to work on it so bad. Holy shit. But then once they got started, they realized that like they couldn't handle the workload. Yeah. So they've outsourced this to ILM, wow. Framestore, every major CGI studio. But here's the thing. Every single studio had to match... Weta's production exactly. Everything had to be seamlessly done. You couldn't be able to tell that this was the frame source shot, this was the Weta shot, this was the ILM shot. They all had to be perfectly sequential. I, it's hard to get $10,000 to make a pilot. <laughs> yeah. You know? We're not James Cameron. Yeah. And I, I have, so Weta said the first 13 shots took a year to deliver. Yes, I Ab remember this. After that, there was an exponential growth, and by the end, we were delivering 200 shots a week. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, so they, they were behind schedule at first, like mm -hmm. a shit ton, but they got better at making it and better yeah. at doing the shots. So as the movie went on, as production went on, they got quicker, 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 and then mm -hmm. caught up. He rev he revolutionized. And mm -hmm. the, the interesting part about that is it, that's exactly what the fuck he said in 1995. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to like revolutionize technology mm -hmm. for the film industry. And how did he, he just, he like, he just pushed the film industry to a different level yeah. to make his movie. I mean, so he's an alien. There's an alien. aliens walking among us. James Cameron's one, Elon's yeah. another. Like, there's a handful. He literally was like, well, film industry isn't where I want it to be to make this movie, so I'll just make the film industry to where I want it to be. So here's the thing. So now we get to the actual, the volume, the actual, like, motion capture studio that they created for this um, and, uh, this is all very common technology now, especially in like video games and stuff. But like at the time, James Cameron literally cl helped create this technology for this. So everyone is in the bubble motion capture suits and stuff, but James create helped. They, they, I don't want to say James created. I'm sure a lot of other people like, were yeah. this, but like they created a 
virtual camera system where the it wasn't a literal camera with a lens, but it was a tablet with like a like motion tracker sensor that he could move as a camera in CGI. Wow. So he could literally direct like it was a motion like it was actual camera, but it was like a virtual camera that was just reading motion capture data. And yeah. so the CGI artist could put like very temp things. So James, when he was looking through the screen, would see Pandora. Wow. Even though the actors were literally just running on blocks. And he, they had four reference cameras, and then they also had a camera on each of their faces that captured the motion capture of their actual facial expressions and stuff. Right. So every single actor had a camera on their face. There were four reference cameras capturing everything around them. And then there was James with the virtual camera moving things around Holy shit. in real time. But here's the thing. Because it was all motion capture data that you're capturing from 360 degrees, James's actual camera thing didn't have to be final. He could fix right. it in post. And he did. And we'll get back to that in a second. Okay. But... James was basically shooting two different movies. There was the digital movie that he shot on the volume in like Los Angeles. And then he went to New Zealand to shoot all of the practical things for the movie. So they were like over a year into production. They hadn't shot any practical stuff that was usable yet. He was supposed to go to New Zealand for a long time for pre-production, but he ran over in Los Angeles. He didn't have time. So he literally used his digital camera to do digital location scouting in New Zealand, so he didn't actually have to go there yet. Holy so shit. a lot of the stuff that they were building on set, he was looking through a digital screen, and he would move around and be like, I want this there, I want that there. Yeah. And so by the time he got to New Zealand, like a lot of it was already built for him. And so he shot an entire separate like production with like totally different actors and stuff on a practical set in New Zealand. <laughs> And while he was shooting in Los Angeles, he kept bitching at the CGI guys that it was taking too long to move digital lights around. Yeah. And he was like, if this was a film set, I could just pick that light up and move it. Why the fuck is it taking so yeah. long? Yeah. Then he got to New Zealand, and it took them so long to move around practical lights and relight scenes. He was bitching at them. He was like, if this was CGI, the CGI artist <laughs> would have just already done it already. <laughs> oh, my God. So by the time he got back, cause he had to go back to Los Angeles to shoot more CGI stuff. He said... I just shut the fuck up. I stopped bitching at people. <laughs> no, you didn't, Jim. No, you didn't. You were nailing their phones to the wall. <laughs> Stop bitching. Would you think uh, like Fox was like, can we sell any of this? Yeah, like it's film? A, and also, are you are you actually going to use any of this footage? Like right. uh, you you filmed a lot of stuff that we're not actually putting in the movie by now. I feel like we can make a hundred million dollars just off of the assets <laughs> from this film, like he, props he, and shit that we never use. He did tell a funny story that he said uh, he would show the assets actors like after he would film something he would bring them back to the monitors to watch it it was right. like this is what it's going to look like and he said they didn't care <laughs> they were like i don't care i just want to fucking go home <laughs> like, it's like i've been in a rig on this yeah. mechanical bird for fucking 12 yeah. hours jim we just want to go throwing home. things at me and foam <laughs> boulders and shit like please i want to go sleep so so that's the thing after the actual photography of the movie was done James spent an entire year, one year of the four-year production of this, was him redoing the cinematography. Because, again, everything was captured in 3D. Right. Him moving the camera wasn't final. Wow. So after all the actors went home, they had finished, James spent a year with the CGI team 
redoing the cinematography of each shot. That's incredible. To make sure that everything was captured properly. It's like how we capture video game trailers. Yeah. But using real... Yeah. yeah. And he spent a year, just him and his CGI team, on a giant empty warehouse space with him moving the camera the way he wanted it and stuff. Yeah. Um, All of the, uh, like, helicopters and things like that, he created miniatures with 3D tracking on them, and he drove them around himself <laughs> like he was playing with toys <laughs> and, like, landed the helicopters and stuff so that he could have those shots as smooth as he could move his arm. Well, the world is his toy. So. <laughs> $200 million for one man yeah. to play And he's play just like, <laughs> And then he would take the camera and then he would move it around the scene that he just shot um he's got he's got toys and and wants his girls to be hot <laughs> a lot of the times when the navi were like leaping up like uh like the uh rocks and stuff yeah. uh they would be strapped to wires and they would weight them down with sandbags so that they could make like giant like jumps and stuff like that and he actually built real structures for them to leap up while they were motion tracking and things. When the thing broke down, so originally when they had shot the test footage, they did it with two CGI characters. But some scenes had like a bunch of CGI, like a bunch of people. And what was happening was there were so many people on the volume that their motion tracking uh, bubbles were getting obscured by each other. So the computer didn't know what it was supposed to be tracking. Oh, shit. And it would crash constantly. Oh, so they had to continue to recode and rebuild the motion tracking software in order to help accommodate the sheer amount of people that were on the volume at one time. God almighty. <laughs> Jesus, this is a nightmare. <laughs> Sounds like it was really fun for James. Yeah. And not fun, not for, fun anyone for anyone else. else. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound fun for James either. Either. Like I don't think anyone oh, had a good time. Making he loves it. this. He's like a masochist. Yeah, he's he like, loves this. Yeah, I get to yell yeah. at people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes when things go wrong. So he can yell at people. <laughs> I get to yell at more humans. You um, not, you're not fuckable enough. <laughs> you're not fuckable enough. Forty minutes of footage was cut. Oh my god. So forty minutes of the movie was like just mil. hit the cutting room floor. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, fifty yeah. million dollars of Fox's money. <laughs> He was like, I, I took all the stuff that you paid for specifically and cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> when they were ramping up for the release of this movie, they released a trailer, and a lot of people were like, I don't get it. Yeah, what like, is this? Not, I remember. Sure. I remember yeah. the trailer. I was just like, well, I, okay, cool. What the fuck am I looking at, though? So what he did was he did this thing called Avatar Day. Yes. Where oh my God. he... Uh, Every you could yeah you could sign up and go for free completely free of charge to IMAX 3D theaters and watch 15 minutes of the movie. Oh my god! And the buzz from that yeah. was what gave this movie its like trajectory. Because IMAX was pretty new-ish at the mm -hmm. time. Like IMAX, this was I mean Avatar was one of the things that put IMAX on the fucking yeah. map. And you know? 3D was like unheard of. Yeah. And so like being able to go and experience 15 minutes of this movie, like actually seeing it the way it was meant to be seen, yeah. is what like really like ramped up the marketing. And so we've talked about before how like, you know, every theater is different. Every theater's got different speakers mm -hmm. and different screens and things like that. And especially with this movie, this movie was actually shot in 3D. Right. So he shot it with 3D cameras. And what was cool was you could watch, a sh you could do a shot and then you could go into his like trailer, put on 3D glasses and watch back what you just did in CGI in 3D and like a previs kind of thing. Jesus. And it really helped you like figure out like what it was going to look like and stuff. Yeah. But he invented cameras. Well, not he personally, but like they invented cameras 
that shot things in 3D in order to shoot this film. So this I'm was actually sure he, shot in 3D. I'm sure he took credit for inventing yeah. those cameras. Yeah. He's like, I invented a camera in my Malibu house. <laughs> yeah. The jellyfish told me how. And because of this, this movie was obviously meant to be seen in 3D, but he knew not everyone would. And so what they did was they looked at every possible theater that this would be released in across every screen size, yeah. every speaker setup, every a 2D version a 3D version, an IMAX 3D version, a Dolby 3D version, every right. possible version that you could see this movie, and they custom-built a render of the movie to send out for each particular screen uh, configuration. Shit. So that every single person who saw Avatar was seeing the best possible version that they were seeing. I see. And the camera that they built, you, traditionally when you shoot 3D, you have two lenses next to one another side by right. side, and that's supposed to mirror right and left eye. Right. But they built this rig that combined them, and it did an image split inside mm -hmm. the camera body, which then it would like digitally make it 3D, mm -hmm. but it would also give you the shot raw to do 2D. Holy shit. So it was shit. the first time that a camera would be able to simultaneously it's doing two jobs at once. 2D and 3D. Tommy Wiseau could have used that. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau could have used a lot of <laughs> Again, like so much of this movie was just in previs, and then they yeah. got the final renders like so late in the thing. And they said the first time that they sat down and watched the cut of this movie, it was very jarring because some shots would be live action, some would be super previs, oh some God. would be almost finished. They're like, this man's oh, gone yeah, insane. Yeah. <laughs> this man has gone insane. Um, there's another fun story where like uh, there was this uh, um, predator animal and stuff that would be chasing like the characters and James they would they would rig this up to like this like metal structure and James himself would hold it like charge at the actors oh with the metal structure and he stuff. was having fun <laughs> yeah he was yeah. having a lot of fun he wanted to fuck with the actors yeah yeah he, <laughs> sure he's like you could have put like a stunt person or some kind of production staff and he's like no I want to do it he's like and by the way this is just test footage this isn't going in <laughs> this isn't going in <laughs> it's like you actually just shot me now, I, I remind... do you know when you fuck that uh, CGI thing I'm gonna play the CGI <laughs> right <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna have my hand in the puppet. What's uh, what's really funny? I everybody, uh, there's this one scene, there's this one episode of Family Guy where they play the lottery, and they spend like all night counting lottery tickets. Yeah, and none of them are the, like the correct ticket. Yeah. And Peter was like, "Those weren't the real tickets. Oh, those yeah, were the those right. were the those were the fake tickets." And Brian's like, "Why did you have us count a bunch of fake tickets?" And Peter's like, "I had to be sure. Right. These are the real tickets." <laughs> <laughs> it's what it feels like for this movie. That's what he did. It's like that wasn't the real movie. Yeah. That was the fake movie. Why did you have us shoot a fake movie? I had and, to be sure. And meanwhile, they've got every fucking <laughs> special effects house in L.A. working overtime for this shit. Like every like the, the entire industry made this. <laughs> movie you yeah know? <laughs> like jesus and so then it uh it, it finally released and then uh james do you have some numbers on its release? yes i do so i that's what I, I was gonna transition with all of that sounds insane and ridiculous and extremely tedious but the man <laughs> got fucking results that is for sure uh all of his hard work did pay off um avatar so it, yeah we're, we'll talk about the release of this movie Avatar premiered in London on December 10th, 2009, and was released theatrically worldwide from December 16th to 18th. Why London? That we were talking about that too. We don't know. He He's got London. a thing for London. Yeah. Avatar, the two Avatar 2 is also premiering in London. Yeah. They didn't shoot in London? I know. They didn't, whatever. Like, I don't know. What the fuck? He's, 
He's got a thing for London. The jellyfish told London. The jellyfish told him to do London. (laughs) He knew. Again, every decision he made was correct. So, (laughs) The film was originally set for release on May 22nd, 2009, during filming, but was pushed back to allow more post-production time, more shots getting delivered. Uh, The last shot was actually delivered in fucking November, before it's coming out in December. Yeah, it was very close. Yeah. Yeah. He also had to give more time for theaters worldwide to install 3D projectors. So again, he the industry has to catch up with old Jim, you know. Uh, <laughs> if you ain't ready for Jim, you will be after this. This is like this is the akin to when uh, the first talkie came yeah, I was out, just gonna say, and like yeah. theaters are or having, an, yeah, and theaters are now having to fucking spend money to install shit to play your fucking movie at this point, you know. The film earned twenty six million on its opening day and seventy seven million dollars on its opening weekend, making it the second largest December opening ever behind I Am Legend, the largest domestic opening weekend for a film not based on a franchise. The highest opening weekend for a film entirely in 3D, the highest opening weekend for an environmentalist film, and the 40th largest opening weekend in North America ever. Uh, despite a blizzard that blanketed the East Coast of the United States, he was like, I don't care. Go to the movies. <laughs> I mean, if you so have to walk is, through snow. So this is where they pulled it for Entourage and Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They were like a fucking blackout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. That trip to the valley episode was great. When you put that $77 million through the old inflation calculator, that comes out to about $106 million these days. <laughs> and, you know, this is $77 million of his $300 million budget. That's crazy. So they were like, one weekend, we made a third of it back? Yeah, All right. exactly. So based off the pre-order ticket sales of Avatar 2... Is projected to do 170 million opening weekend. Oh my weekend. god! So this one's going to be a success as yeah. well. This will be his other. This will yeah. be the other biggest film in, in yeah, the world. Yeah, it history. probably will be. Um, but also, how uh, funny would it be if it fucking flopped? Uh, I, if, I, if it's I, I honestly, so it might. It has to make two billion to be profitable. Oh my Jesus Christ! <laughs> Uh, and we're not in the greatest uh, financial time either, right no, now. No, that's his this trick. Is, yeah, he, he, he waits for the world to collapse. Where inflation is good, just to affect the numbers. He's, the man is brilliant. Jim Cameron waits for the world to collapse before he releases his art. It's like, <laughs> he hey, sucks guys, up. There's war. There's poverty. There's all this stuff. He's like, oh. you with aliens. You want to fuck? <laughs> Soon as Russia launched that first bomb into Ukraine, he's like, oh. Time for a movie. <laughs> Come on, Fox. Let's do this. Too good to be profitable. Let's go. 20th Century Fox Korea adapted and later released Avatar in 4D version, which included moving seats, smells of explosives. <laughs> By the way, smells of explosives. Like, this smells I like a bomb. smells of explosives. I love the smells of explosives in the morning. Sprinkling water, laser lights, and wind. So then, on its 19th day of its international release, Avatar crossed the $1 billion mark, making it the first film to reach this mark in only 19 days. But... Keep going. January 31st, it became the first film to earn over to earn over $2 billion worldwide and became the first film to gross $700 million in the U.S. and Canada. 
And on February 27th, after 72 days of its release, it remained at number one at the domestic box office for seven consecutive weeks. The most consecutive number one weekends since Titanic spent 15 weekends at number one. The man's an alien. He came from the ocean. There is no doubt about it. Like, this was, it was, and I remember this. I remember being like, how long has this movie been in the fucking theater? Like, like, you know, like the Pentagon just released all those UFO things with like yeah. the TikTok UFO and it like coming out of the ocean and James is like, oh yeah, they got me filming. Yeah. The Pentagon yeah. got some behind the scenes of us. Hey, did you see that? <laughs> Jesus. Like, I remember this movie was like, I felt like I had like gone to college and graduated and this movie was still in the theaters just raking fucking money in, man. It was, it was there for so long at number one. And every Everybody, again, everybody was just like, yeah, I've seen it six times. I don't know why. I kind of go into a fugue state when I go into the movie theater to watch it. I think the Fed changed its policy about printing money because of this movie. Yeah, they had to print more money. We got to print more money for Jim. They got working overnight. Just We got to, we need more dollar bills. <laughs> the citizens don't have enough money in the economy to spend on this movie. So. What's what are what are the profits run through the inflation calculator? Through the inflation calculator. Well, I mean, two billion. Let yeah. me guess. Three point five to four. Something like that. Yeah. You just and double it. I mean, it's two, almost double. I think in that area. To date, it has made two point nine two billion dollars, which would have netted Matt Damon two hundred ninety million dollars. <laughs> How much did he make during the uh, during for the Bourne movie? Probably not that. Well, maybe. May, maybe. he might have made three hundred mil off I bet of all he got four way of more them. More than ten percent for those Bourne movies. Yeah, and he did like uh, eight of them. 18, I don't know. Yeah, there's, yeah there's he did a lot of them. Movies, yeah. And I Ironically, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> but then, of course, uh, you know, if you remember this movie, it uh, not only made every last dollar that the world had to spend, uh, it also won a bunch of fucking Academy Awards because Jim can't have enough. You know, <laughs> it can't be enough for old Jim. He, he also needs the trophies to prove that those, it was good. No, those were awards, but the Academy was like, "Thank you for giving everybody jobs." <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for uh, basically you bring, bailed out the entertainment industry. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for revolutionizing film real quick. You know, <laughs> real uh, quick. <laughs> Thanks for giving us a whole new uh, genre here. I mean, here. before that, it was Lucas. Yeah. Right? With yeah. Industrial Light Magic. Yeah. So, like, and Jim was like, I gotta smack my dick on this. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars, fuck you. The, Acad- <laughs> the Academy Awards was like, well, this is the town that Jim built, so here's all the uh, all the Oscars. It won the 82nd Academy Awards for Best Art Direction, Best Cinematographer, Cinematography, and Best Visual Effects, and was nominated for a total of nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director, and it was the first completely digitally shot movie to win the Academy Award for Best Cinematography, which I remember a lot of people were pissed about. They were like, what the fuck? is the second one uh, Disney? Because... Disney owns Fox now. Oh, yeah. is this a mouse movie? Is this a mouse? Oh yeah, so, oh, yeah the yeah, mouse yeah, yeah. has got the Star Ma- Wars, Marvel, and Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avatar is a Disney property now. Wow, yeah. Jim Cameron funny. and Disney. That's a dangerous yeah, combo. Yeah, because he originally pitched it to Disney, and then Fox is like, "No, no, we'll do it." This yeah, is like, no, no, we'll yeah. buy you. Disney will buy. <laughs> They're like, "Well, then we'll just buy the Good whole fucking Bob company." Was like, "We'll get you oh, one day." Dude, not only is this a Disney property, this is immortalized in Disney. Parks. You guys didn't know this? What? The Animal Kingdom in Orlando, Florida 
was redesigned to be Pandora. Oh my god! So the 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 Tree of Life. Yeah. Not the Tree of Life anymore. It's the, the Avatar Tree. <laughs> They've got the floating fucking rocks and shit in Animal Kingdom. It and was Ferngully. When yeah. it was really originally built, yeah, the Animal now Kingdom. It's, uh, now it's Pandora. Like, yeah. the Animal Kingdom Holy is Pandora shit. now. Yeah. I feel like if Jim Cameron were just like, <laughs> I think I'm going to be president now. It would just be like, okay, I guess he's president I now. honestly would vote for him. Yeah. Much more than anybody <laughs> he would, he else would make, running. He would make America CGI. <laughs> America CGI, yeah. <laughs> we well, wouldn't go to real war. He so, would just CG it all. Uh, yeah. About the cinematography debate, like, I understand why people would be like, I don't get it. But now, like, knowing the context of, like, he literally did do cinematography. Cinematography and CGI. He created CGI yeah. cinematography for this. He literally held a camera and moved it around for a year. <laughs> a year. James Cameron's no, alone sure. in a warehouse yeah. with a digital camera, being like, "This looks so cool. <laughs> this looks great." All the actors are just already home. Yeah, They're like Jesus, Jim, go <laughs> home, Let's man. Come out. Jim played <laughs> wars with CGI, and Quentin and Spielberg are like, "We're still shooting on film. <laughs> Fuck you. We're still shooting on sixteen millimeter." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. I that's think a lot of it. I think that's all the avatar you guys need, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get it. Yeah, you get it. A big movie was made, and now a second one's coming out. <laughs> it costs even more money. Yeah, uh, that's why we're in a recession yeah. now, because the second one's coming I out. I love how he was like, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to do it underwater. Underwater. Yeah. And more expensive. Even harder. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't difficult enough. We, oh. we did it. It wasn't big enough challenge. Now we're just going to do everything underwater. Well, so more expensive. He's already shot the third one, too. He shot two and three yeah. simultaneously. Wow. Yeah, 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 because he wrote all of them That's at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he realized, he's like, yo, we got to split this up yeah. because we can't get everything yeah, in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he has said that he doesn't want to direct four and five, so if anyone else wants it, they could have it. Oh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to Hawaii and film Zoe Zaldana in a weird tale or whatever. And not use any of that footage? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I don't want to use any of it. That's just for me. That's my footage. <laughs> That's for old Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> where can we find you, Drake? Besides being in the jungle with a tail on, you can, you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, uh, at my merch store, RagingTwaysMerch.com, and you know, if you're out here at that website, especially ones about running through jungles with uh, tails on. Just type my name in and see. See yeah, what comes just Google up. Google him, bitches. I might have shot some footage for old Jim. <laughs> Google him. For old Jim. Google sake. me. Who are you, Dev? You can find me sailing through the set of Alvarar 2, Hell looking yeah. for Captain Nemo and the Nautilus, yeah. trying to fuck a fish. Uh, <laughs> Sailor underscore Dev on Insta and Abercadaver Dev on Twitter. <laughs> You can find me at Jimmy DeLoy or James White Scott, depending on where you're looking for me. Uh, film History, The History of Film, or at FHHF Podcast. And you can also find me going 20,000 leagues under the sea to have an audition with Jim Cameron. And that's been Film History, The History of Film. <laughs>